When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello, listeners. On top of our usual weekly show, the fortnightly club cricket podcast in association with NatWest, and our greatest T20 podcast series with QuickViz, the next 12 weeks, Nikesh Raghani and Artif Nawaz will be bringing you a brand new weekly show, The Greatest Rivalry, looking back at the immense historical rivalry between Pakistan and India. They've got plenty of A-list guests lined up, kicking things off this week, looking back at the origins of the rivalry with special guests Farooq Engineer and Asif Iqbal. Apologies for the sound quality on the interview with Engineer. We'll make sure it doesn't happen again. Hello and thanks for joining us. I'm Nikesh Raghani. And I'm Atif Nawaz. And I'm really excited because all I generally do is talk about Pakistani cricket. And this new weekly podcast series, The Greatest Rivalry, is brought to you in partnership with Wisden and it goes one step further. We'll be talking about some of the greatest battles of all time between Pakistan and India on a cricket field. And it is huge, isn't it, Atif? I mean, uh, you know, a lot of people listening will know just how big it is. But for those who don't, um, let's just perhaps take them back to the last time India played Pakistan. It was 2019, it was in England at the Cricket World Cup uh, in June. And uh, it was some occasion, there were 25,000 people there inside Old Trafford, uh, including you and I, Atif, uh, as well as plenty of VIPs from uh, India and Pakistan, uh, Ranveer Singh, Bollywood star, was also there. He was uh, very nice to, to you in particular uh, after Pakistan uh, lost that particular match. Uh, check it out on your social media if uh, anyone is unsure about that. Uh, but yeah, the tension inside Old Trafford, it was just something else, wasn't it? And um, the, the build-up as well. It was over a week of build-up. Uh, it was all over the news channels in India, Pakistan and in the UK. Uh, I remember talking about it uh, on BBC Radio as well. And uh, people were just genuinely nervous about it. There were over a billion people watching on TV when the match itself took place. And yes, it may have been a one-sided match in the end, uh, but it doesn't take away from how big the occasion was. And uh, it's it's pretty much like that every time India do play Pakistan uh, these days, especially seeing as it's quite rare. Absolutely. And just to explain how big it was, there were so many different channels around the world that were doing little explanation videos about why this rivalry is so big. I remember watching uh, a TRT, which is a Turkish channel, doing an explanation on why, why a billion <laughs> people are going to watch this. It's that big. But yes, yeah. that Old Trafford match, 
it was incredible. I've attended maybe sort of more than more than two, three hundred live cricket matches in my lifetime. I have never in my life ever been involved in anything that was as noisy as that Old Trafford match. It was incredible. When you consider how one-sided that game was, and India kind of cruised pretty much from yeah. the get-go, the amount of noise in that in, and the amount of passion from the fans in that stadium, it was incredible to be a part of. And it's something I'll, I'll remember forever. And people talk about the Ashes, you know, how the Ashes... Uh, the pinnacle, which always kind of blows my mind because the ashes are between England and Australia. How can it really be the pinnacle? It's between two teams. But I sort of understand yeah. because India versus Pakistan matches, they bring with them a different pressure, a different amount of exposure, expectation, you know, the tension. There's so much happening. I kind of understand that bilateral rivalry. And it really does feel like there's nothing quite like an India versus Pakistan match. It does indeed. And uh, yeah, I mean, for, for certainly, you know, over a billion people in the world, they would argue that it, it is much bigger than the Ashes. It is the greatest rivalry in the world. I mean, for me personally, uh, you know, my journey sort of watching Indian cricket uh, it started uh, when I was a young kid. I mean, the 1992 World Cup. Just a faint memory for me. I mean, the main thing I actually remember from that is watching uh, the final, England versus Pakistan, and, and my parents, both of Indian heritage, cheering on Pakistan, uh, which uh, to me, I didn't know about the rivalry between India and Pakistan at that stage. Uh, I just thought, well, we're here in England, we're watching the match in England. I'm born in England. Why are we not supporting England? But, you know, uh, you know, later on, these things became a little bit more evident and, uh, you know, they could identify more, I suppose, with the Pakistani team of 92. Uh, I remember shades of, of watching Sachin Tendulkar as a young man in that uh, Cricket World Cup. That was obviously the first time India played Pakistan in a Cricket World Cup in 92. And, uh, you know, just hearing about Tendulkar uh, in 1990, some of the stories about when he came to England and scored his first Test century, and uh, that's really that really started my love affair, I suppose, with Indian cricket. And then, as more and more cricket became televised in England from overseas uh, through the 90s, uh, that's when I I really got into it. And that passion has never really dwindled. And I suppose whenever India played Pakistan, that is when I'm at my most tense. Absolutely, I mean, just just like that for me as well. That is quite. That is quite bizarre, actually, Nikesh, to be honest with you. I think you're in the minority of uh, Indian fans who would have been cheering on Pakistan. I suppose who could who <laughs> could not cheer on that 92 Pakistan team? It was a really exciting team with the likes of Imran Khan and Wazim Akram. You know, yep. there was, it was a fantastic team full of superstars, a young Inzamam in there as well. That's kind of when it started for me as well. My earliest memories of watching cricket are that 1992 World Cup. But my first memories of watching... Uh, Pakistan-India matches, it's not until way later, sort of 1996 is the first time I remember being properly invested in an India versus Pakistan match and really understanding the importance of it. It was the World Cup quarterfinal, which of course Pakistan uh, lost and and uh, you know, I, and you know, I really felt that sadness for the very first time, that real heaviness of losing a crucial game. I think that's the day I finally realised that sport is going to devastate me for the rest of my life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know it's it does funny things to you, doesn't it? I mean, uh, you know, we've both faced so much disappointment watching our teams over the years. Uh, I remember, you know, similar thing uh, in 2003 at the Cricket World Cup down in South Africa. India had that amazing run uh, to the final of. Of course, that that tension uh, surrounding the India-Pakistan game was huge, uh, and then India obviously lost in that particular final. I'm sure you were just as devastated uh, during that uh, defeat, uh, you know, 
against India, of course. Uh, and just taking it back to that match, uh, just to tell you how big this match is for, for just your average you know, Asian family, British Asian family, families in India, families in Pakistan, wherever you might be, if you're even mildly associated with one of these teams, like my mum, for example, she, she watches cricket on TV, she understands it, but she's too nervous to watch the whole match. She won't know all the ins and outs, all the technicalities, all the, you know, stuff around LBWs and stuff like that. But, but you know, she'll loosely be invested in it. I remember the 2003 Cricket World Cup match uh, between India and Pakistan, she woke up uh, very early in the morning, probably two or three hours before the match was about to get underway. And she just started praying. She went to the, the small temple in our house and, you know, just just prayed for, for India to win the match. And throughout the match, she wasn't watching with me and my dad. She would come in every so often just to check the score. She'd go back to the temple. She'd do some more prayers. It was crazy. I've, I've never seen my mum involved in that way for cricket and uh, that kind of kicked it off for her as well because ever since you know particularly when India played Pakistan or whenever India are involved in any big matches she would just pray and uh, pray for the best it doesn't always work it did on that particular day but uh, you know it just shows how emotional people get yeah I think when India played Pakistan they were breaking some kind of world record for most number of people praying because I'm yeah. sure <laughs> Pakistanis around the world are doing exactly that same thing they're just kind of praying 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 uh, everybody's going uh, going to whichever deity they follow and just asking for any kind of they're so invested it really is one of those things and I mean, it's quite bizarre some people think like I mean I, I, I like you was born in in London in, well, in Britain right so British Pakistani British Asian but like I, I feel like I my connection to that Pakistan cricket team it's not something that's born out of nationalism or a love for Pakistan or anything like that it's yeah. genuinely founded in a team and the style of play and those memories of cricket and just you know that's what that's what I love about this team I've, it's always a team I've just gravitated to like I mean I love Pakistani cricket long before I love Pakistan or even understood the the importance of you know <laughs> countries yeah. and origins and things like that it's just this phenomenal team that I've always gravitated to and just loved their game and you know it's it, like when football's on I'll, I'll support England you know uh, I'll watch premiership football you know I've got like a, a premiership football team like there's so many so many different areas of life where it's never even a factor where I you know I'll be vaguely interested in what Pakistan's doing but you know really I want to know what's what England is doing but when it comes to cricket like it's almost it's almost inexplicable the connection it's really cerebral for me really I feel this intense connection to that cricket team where I've got to support them and I, I lose the ability to be, uh, you know, to, to, to avoid my bias. I lose the ability to <laughs> uh, to be a bit more um, impartial, you know, even in sporting environments. I, re I remember watching a Pakistan match during the World Cup last year. and I was on commentary duty, so I was supposed to be impartial. And I, I think Mohamed Amir took a catch on the boundary and, uh, you know, I just kind of celebrated with my arms outstretched on the boundary, assuming nobody could see me. And that, uh, that incident <laughs> replayed on Sky Sports in slow motion in the UK. And, uh, yeah, I was I was sent it by more than one cricket commentator. Say, and they labelled it impartial cricket journalist, question mark. Uh, <laughs> so, you know, these things do... It's, Trust it, me. Yeah. I've seen it. You, you've been sitting next to me uh, during some of these matches as well, where we've actually been on air um, broadcasting on the radio, on national radio in the UK, uh, in other countries around the world as well. And if Pakistan take a wicket or hit a boundary, I can tell you, everybody, he is not impartial. 
It's difficult, isn't it? <laughs> it really is. But you're that invested as a fan of the game. And this is the beautiful thing about cricket. You can get that into it where you know you lose your sense of decorum. You're so obsessed and so engrossed by this match that you kind of... It's like if you imagine yourself being in a film. Like I can't really imagine in the modern day being so engra- engrossed in a film that I would fist pump when you know the hero defeats the villain. I just can't imagine getting... So, be like, yes! When you're in cinema, like it doesn't happen anymore because people are a bit more. The only the only time that has ever happened in a cinema, and it wasn't just me, it was it was the whole of the rest of the cinema. When I went to watch MS Tony, the untold story, the, the biography of MS Tony. Do you know how the film finishes? It finishes with India winning the World Cup, Dhoni hitting that six to win the Cricket World Cup in 2011, and the cinema erupted. It was obviously full of Indian cricket fans, and it just erupted as if they're watching the match live for the very first time. It was crazy, and uh, yeah. I suppose that's the only time I've ever experienced that at a cinema, and it was because India had just won the World Cup. All right, I experienced it when Sheila Giovanni came on the screen, uh, but <laughs> it, never mind, you know, different memories, different things. But it is absolutely extraordinary. And just going back to the rivalries, you know, you've got big ones in other sports like football. You've got Brazil versus Argentina, you've got England versus Germany, but for sheer emotion and passion, There is nothing that compares to India versus Pakistan. It really is the greatest rivalry. Now, just before we continue, let me pause to tell you about a great new product which is all set to revolutionise cricket. It would have probably been of great use to uh, Atif and I during our youth cricket days, and it's called the Smart Cricket Batting Sensor. It's a great piece of kit which fits snugly onto your cricket bat, uh, connects seamlessly with your smartphone, and it basically tells you exactly where you've been hitting each shot and tracks your technique, allowing you to know exactly what you've done right and what you need to work on. It's got a six-hour battery life as well, so unless you're Jeffrey Boycott, it should see you through an entire match innings or several net sessions. And the great thing is, it only weighs 25 grams, so it adds virtually no weight to your bat. And you can go and get yours right now for a reduced price of just £97 plus postage. Just head to kpsmartsports.com. That's kpsmartsports.com for more information and order your smart sensor now. So throughout this podcast series brought to you by Wisden, uh, we'll be looking at how the India-Pakistan cricket rivalry began, how it evolved through the decades and relive some of those classic matches and individual moments as well. We'll be speaking to those that were there, including some legendary former players. Just consider the fact that Pakistan didn't exist until 1947 and before that, players from that region that became Pakistan actually played for a united India and once the British left India, it was of course divided and Pakistan was born and with that, the Pakistan-India cricket rivalry it first began in 1952 and the first series between the two in India in 1952 is exactly where we're going to start our journey on this podcast. India and Pakistan met for the first test in Delhi. Before the match began, the president, Dr. Rajendra Prasad, was introduced to players of both teams. India opened their first innings with Mankar and Roy. The visitors were all out in the second knock for 152 runs. Thus, India won the first test match by an innings and 70 runs. And to take us back to that time, our former India wicketkeeping legend Farooq Engineer and former Pakistan captain Asif Iqbal, both just young boys, of course, in 1952, but very much aspiring to play for their countries. Farooq Engineer and Asif Iqbal, welcome to the show. Is Asif on the line? Hello, Rookie. Asif, Eid Mubarak. Thanks, Rookie. How are you? 
Belated, belated. How are you, buddy? All right? Great, great. You know, they're talking to two old men who played their first, I think it was in 1968, you played our first match. Can you and speak first, for yourself, please? No, I'm speaking to you. <laughs> I'm speaking about you too. Uh, <laughs> because we are uh, in that uh, age. I was just telling, I think, Gary. and I'm 82. How are you? How old are you? I'm 77. I'm not far behind. You're, yeah. you're a spring, spring chicken compared to me. But I'll still say that we are old. Don't think that if you tell me spring chicken, I'm going to call you just a chicken. <laughs> anyway, lovely to hear your voice. I hope you're Likewise, doing Asif. well. Yes, inshallah. Take care and stay safe. Guys, this is absolutely great. Uh, I could listen to you both uh, all day, just sit back <laughs> and relax. Uh, but uh, just before I do, uh, let me just ask you to sum up how big this rivalry between India and Pakistan is, in your own words. Farooq, let's start with you. Well, the rivalry amongst the nations is, is, is great, but there's a very, very healthy rivalry between the players. Because uh, I remember touring Pakistan, I've toured only twice, once with Indian starlets when I was like a 16-year-old, and played against the likes of Mushtaq and Hanif and... Asif was too young those days. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we, and the way we, we had a tremendous time, you know, in, in Pakistan. And uh, then next time I toured Pakistan, Karachi, in fact, was with the World Eleven, with Gary Sobers and Clive Lloyd and all that. And the hospitality we received, you know, was, was absolutely phenomenal. And I heard from the Indian cricketers that whenever they played in Pakistan, they, they had nothing but love and affection and tremendous hospitality from the Pakistani people. So there is no hostility amongst the players. There's fierce rivalry, of course, on the field. But off the field, we've been, you know, we were all very dear friends. And I remember an instance during the World Eleven when India and Pakistan were at war, right, right in the thick of things. And my roommate in, 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 in Australia was Zahir Abbas. And I remember playing with Zahir's moustache. And, um, you know, someone from Sydney Herald t took a picture of us, and we were on the front page, India-Pakistan rivalry, question mark. You know, when, when there's so much friendship between, and we were all asking about, inquiring about each other's families, and all right, well, whereas India and Pakistan were at war, right in the middle of it. Yeah, you know, uh, listening to Rookie about... Uh him sharing room with the Zahir Abbas and I think he's talking about the World Eleven team that went to Australia and I think uh, they had Intakab Alam also in that team and uh, it was, yeah, I mean, but but the thing which I think, unfortunately, I would say, uh, Rookie didn't experience himself is playing for his country against uh, Pakistan, either at home or uh, in Pakistan. I was fortunate enough, yeah, I was fortunate enough to experience that. But somehow, the media, which had given the title of rivalry, and, uh, you know, we never felt that. There was no rivalry. There was, even on the field, when we were playing, it was a, a tremendous atmosphere in which, unlike, I would say, some of the other teams, like Australia, for instance, when we first went to Australia, uh, I was just a young kid, I think I was about 20, 21 year old, uh, and we couldn't understand why there is so much hostility on the field. Correct. The, 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 the players were hostile. And, and it was their way of uh, inciting 
kind of nervousness in the opposition. But uh, that never happened uh, between India and Pakistan. We never sort of uh, hostile even on the field against each other. There was, uh, of course, both the teams wanted to win. And they wanted to win purely because it's a game. And when you're playing against the team, you want to win. But it was uh, something which I learned later on when people started talking about home advantage and, you know, why teams, especially in particular, going to the subcontinent have a tremendous home advantage, be it the pitch advantage, be it the bias uh, uh, officially uh, umpiring or whatever it is. You're coming on Asif's point. I, I couldn't agree with him more. But on the field, of course, there was rivalry, very healthy rivalry. Correct. But there's some, some idiot people in both countries, certainly in India, were saying, I mean, don't mind you losing against any team in the world, but don't lose yeah. to Pakistan. And they put undue <laughs> pressure on the players, you know, yes. and which was rather unfair. Yeah. Because think, always yeah. we had great affinity with people that I played with, Javed Miandad, Imran, you know, Asif Mushi, in county cricket. We, yeah. You know, they played a lot. And that's where we came a lot closer together. It's great to hear that that camaraderie was there, Farooq. Um, Asif, tell us as well, because I know that, you know, the players have generally always been very friendly and very cordial. And, you know, there's intense rivalry on the pitch, but off the pitch, everybody seems to be very friendly. The expectations from fans around the world is intense, like the amount of pressure, the amount of uh, people watching the game. I mean, we talk about the recent India-Pakistan match in the World Cup uh, in 2019. It was watched by over a billion people. Uh, what's it like to play a game uh, against this country where you know your friends, you know you've got a great camaraderie and all that kind of thing, but there's immense expectation from the huge public at large. Yeah, you know, uh, absolutely what you're saying is absolutely true. I mean, it's really painful to read or to hear that if in a World Cup match being played on neutral grounds, being played somewhere else in the world, uh, Pakistan losing to India, people back home burning uh, pictures of their heroes that they worship when they are winning. But just because they lost to India, they are sort of uh, threatening to burn their uh, homes or threatening to, or not threatening, actually burning their uh, pictures and effigies and things like that. And same, exactly the same in India. So that is the emotion. That is the emotion people have. For them, winning was far more important, as uh, Ruki rightly mentioned. They didn't care even if they lose to the minnows like in those days when we were playing. Uh, Bangladesh or Sri Lanka were considered as minnows of the team. India and Pakistan uh, supporters, they didn't mind their team losing to them, but they didn't want them to lose against each other, which I think, you know, subsequently when they started playing regularly, when they are sort of uh, seeing results taking place, India winning the World Cup, Pakistan winning the World Cup. I mean, just imagine, we were just minnows when the World Cup started in 75, and India winning the World Cup in England in 1983, beyond expectations, beyond anybody's dreams. And let's then take it back to how this rivalry all started uh, in 1952, uh, India hosting Pakistan in that uh, inaugural series between the two, just five years after partition as well. Uh, what are your memories of that and how big it was at the time? Yeah, I remember watching the series. And Pakistan had some great players like Fazal Mahmood, Imtiaz Ahmed, you know, and... I remember watching that series as a kid. I think Asif was still in his nappies then, you know. <laughs> but I, I remember watching the, that series. And Fazal Mahmood, I thought, what a great personality the guy's got. You know, Imtiaz Ahmed was a wicket keeper. 
Khan Mahmud was the opening bowler. I can remember a few names. Hanif Mahmud, the prolific run scorer. Pakistan had a great team. And India had a very good team. Vino Wankad, you know, G.S. Ramchand, Polly Umbriga. So it was a fantastic series. I'm not sure who won a loss. Don't ask me what statistics. India won it 2-1. India won. Um, but it was, well, uh, it was pretty well you know, fought. But it was a great team. The way the Pakistani players were received in India... All the Bollywood stars, they received so much affection from the Indian public. You know, this is, this is I'm very proud as an Indian that we, we, we received the Pakistanis that way. Whatever the, the, the sort of, the people might think. But that was fantastic to see that. And same, similar way, whenever Indian players have gone to Pakistan, they've spoken about the, the warmth and the hospitality they've received there. You know, which is which is lovely to hear. Farouk, who were some of the players in those days in both sides who who you looked up to? I mean, you, you mentioned some of the greats there. Hanif Mohammed, of course. Uh, you know, Lala Amanath was the India captain uh, in that series. Indeed. Umbriger, another fine batsman as well. Uh, and there were a couple of uh, Pakistanis who uh, who'd actually played for India previously in Test cricket uh, in that first series. Uh, Abdul Qadir and uh, Amir Alahi. Oh, yes, of course. My word, you got to... You got a very good memory or a very good book in front of you. <laughs> Certainly not memory, Farouk. I, I was uh, even my dad wasn't born then. <laughs> <laughs> no, but that, that that is true. I mean, um, I remember going to the match as a kid. The the team made a tremendous impression on me as a youngster, and I'm sure millions of other Indians who watched the series with great interest and great admiration, because Fazal Mahmud was a very very good looking guy, great personality. I remember he came to a function in his uniform. I think he was in the military or police or somewhere. He was in the police. And he looked so handsome, you know, light blue eyes. And all the girls were absolutely after him. So that's when I thought, you know, being a test cricketer is not a bad idea. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, let me first uh, correct you on one thing. Uh, in that series, I think Kardar was the captain of Pakistan. He had already migrated, Abdul Hafiz Kardar. He was uh, probably the captain. If I'm not mistaken, you can check that. Yeah. And and also the other name that I would remember who happened to be my uncle, who, who is now dead, Gulam Ahmed. Gulam Ahmed, off spinner, yes. Uh, yeah, he was an off spinner. He was my maternal uncle. He represented India. He was, in fact, he captained India at one stage. So he he played in that series. My memory of that is there were no tel- there was no television in those days. So as a nine year old kid, I remember going to school, and out of fear of uh, getting caught, used to uh, sort of uh, try and listen to the radio commentary. I think it was uh, the famous Maharaja of Vizianagram, Vizi, Vizi as he was known. He was a commentator, and he used to just quickly listen to the score and come back and attend the class. So those, I have that memory. I don't remember much about the scores. I don't remember much about the individuals and their performances. But uh, that series uh, against India, I think Pakistan lost. But as Rookie was saying, they were very popular. I mean, we were, everybody was sort of talking about nothing else but cricket. Wherever you go, you are talking about the series that's taking place all over India. But uh, that was, for me, you know, it, uh, I, I did go to school, I did go to university, I did uh, get a degree in uh, 
uh, I think, uh, economics and uh, Islamic history. But those degrees, as the concept was in those days, the parents, I, I lost my father at, at a very young age. I was hardly a few months old. So we were living in a joint family and everybody was either in college or school or educated enough to be, to be and, and some of my uncles were in uh, uh, Indian uh, Administrative Service, IAS. So, you know, the concept was that you have to first study and then talk about cricket. Whereas my, uh, my whole life has been, I was passionate about cricket. I used to go to school not to uh, study, but to just pass in the exam, but play for the school. And cricket was my passion. I lived cricket. I sort of slept cricket. I ate cricket. And all I wanted to do was play cricket. So even after having a, a graduation and a degree, I didn't really become neither an economist nor I went into an Islamic historian or anything like that. Cricket was my passion. So the, the fondest memory I have of the, days, of the days that you are talking about is that having these big names like Lala Amarnath in those days was a huge name in India. And uh, Vinu Mankad was a huge name. And Patkar, I think, was a medium fast bowler. That too. And these were the guys. Yeah. But but then when I started growing up playing for school, and then I played junior state, and then uh, interstate, and you know Ranji Trophy and all that. Then I have I had my own heroes like Emil Jaisimha. He was the captain of Hyderabad Dakkan in Ranji Trophy. Then Abbas Ali Beg again, a product of Hyderabad. These were the people I used to sort of dream of being becoming one. And uh, these are the memories that you know uh, took me from my childhood towards uh, uh, becoming what I became in the end. But Asif, you mentioned you touched upon Maharaja Vijayanagaram. Yeah, Vizi. He, he was he was he was a he, 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 he sort of grabbed the mic. I think he had the con full control of the mic, and he wasn't really people weren't very complimentary about his commentating. Yeah, but for me and, as, a, um, as a child, you know, I, I remember his voice and. Uh, you get impressed by anybody. Yeah, but I'll tell you a lovely story about him, you know. Mm -hmm. there, was, there was a cricketer called Vijay Mandreka. Yeah, of course. Who sort of said that he's such a terrible commentator that... No, no, he used to always present tiger heads to visiting team captains. Right. So everyone thought he must be a very good shot, yeah. you know, having shot so many tigers. Yeah. But Vijay Mandreka came up with the theory that during test matches, they used to hang transistor sets in the jungles. The tigers used to listen to his commentary and drop dead. <laughs> anyway, I mean, I'm a bit, a bit rude that, but uh, the, yeah, but he, he was a lovely man, you know. And I don't know how he managed to captain India as well. Those days, Raja Maharajas yeah. dictated the game. They employed people, Maharaj of Patiala, you know, Maharaj of Vizianagram, and all these guys were so useful. They gave cricketers jobs, you know, like, you know, the Ambani's do these days and, you know, Tata's and all these companies. So there was never any professional cricket in either country, but people relied on employment. If you were, a, you know, a, just an ordinary graduate like I was, I did a BCom as well, like, like Asif, but I never utilized it, you know, towards being an economist or just didn't have the brains for that. My dad was a doctor. And he was called Doctor Engineer all his life. <laughs> I mean, I never lived that down. You see the, you see the funny side of it these days. But my dad would have dearly loved me to be a doctor, but I just didn't have the brains for it. That's extraordinary, Doctor Engineer. That's fantastic. Yes, what yes. A name. That, that, my that, dad was called Doctor Engineer all his life. 
that's probably the greatest name of all time. Uh, so just very quickly, Asif, I'm so sorry. I, I, you know, I could listen to you guys talk all day, I've got to tell you, but I'm just wary of your time. And I, there's a couple of things I definitely want to get your thoughts on. But just to get that clarification, Asif, so, you know, you, you could just as easily have played for India. You know, you were pl playing for Hyderabad and, you know, you're in the system and obviously you've got your education. Um, but you, you know, suddenly you're catapulted and you end up playing for Pakistan. Like, what was that like for the very first time playing for Pakistan, having been in the Indian setup for such a long time? I, I played cricket in India. I grew up in India. I played Ranji Trophy in India. I, you know, as a kid, I remember this. This is the fondest memory I have. As a kid, I was representing the Hyderabad. Uh, or, or, or I think not Hyderabad. I think it was the South Zone. Uh, schools, combined, combined team. So I remember getting selected for uh, South Zone, going to Calcutta and playing on the turf, on a turf surface for the first time because we didn't have turf in Hyderabad and uh, uh, it was all matting, choir mat. So when we went to uh, Calcutta, we played on turf and we, we, you know, we were not experienced playing on turf and we were bowled out and we lost the match and we were knocked out of the tournament. But the most vivid memory I have is that we were taken on a tour of Eden Gardens. And what we used to hear about, what we used to read about, and in the commentary, Eden Gardens, foreign, foreign teams coming there and playing at Eden Gardens. So when we were taken to Eden Gardens, I was overawed. I still remember like it was yesterday, standing there as a kid with my eyes wide open and wishing and saying, telling myself, I remember telling one of my colleagues, another school kid standing next to me, that uh, inshallah, God willing, I'm going to play for India against uh, at international level in, at Eden Gardens. And at that time, I think probably I was 13 or 14 years old. And then, you know, after many years, many years later, to play my last test match at Eden Gardens as a captain of Pakistan against India, what more... I could have achieved in cricket. Uh, let me first finish the Indian part before we talk to, talk about the Pakistani side. Uh, yes, in, in, when, when I passed my uh, metric in those days uh, from school to go to college, you, you need to have either a very good uh, a first class degree or a very good second class degree to get the the uh, yeah to get the to get into the subjects that you want to get uh, into. So my uncle, whom I mentioned about, Ghulam Ahmed, who represented India, he was the captain of India. And he sort of, and, and there used to be for colleges, a sports quota. And certain uh, players or certain students were given entrance through this sports quota. So I remember my uncle giving uh, a letter to me to give to Nizam College, where I got uh, uh, the, the entrance. Uh, and in that letter, he had mentioned about my, you know, being a very good sportsman because not only cricket, I was also very good at athletics. I represented literally, I'm not boasting, but this is a fact. I represented my school, uh, my school, which was Aliya School and Nizam College in hockey, field hockey, football, cricket and athletics. And in all of them I represented and I was the college champion in athletics too. So he gave that letter saying that, one day I can call. I'm. I'm. I'm right. He said that the the letter said that one day Asif Iqbal Rizvi, that was my surname, uh, is going to represent India in Test cricket, and I think on the basis of that letter I got the interest as well in the college. So that was just to let you know that you know the importance of 
sports. But when did you move to Pakistan? What made you yeah. move there? So, and, and uh, the, the the reason for moving there, as I said, you know, uh, I was living in a joint family with my uncles and cousins and all that, and that also helped me in in achieving my cricketing uh, sort of. Uh, uh, dreams because we all used to live together and we used to play cricket together and all that. So, and there was a competitiveness among us cousins that we want to do well. That helped me a lot. So what happened is when the partition took place, I was still four years old I think, when the partition took place. But uh, uh, some of my uncles, they, they migrated, not everybody, because some of them were in the Indian Administrative Service in very good positions. So they stayed back. In about... 56, I think it was 1956, if I'm not mistaken, my elder brother. I have a brother and a sister. So the brother migrated after doing his matric to Pakistan and with him, a couple of other uncles. So when I played against Pakistan uh, for South Zone, I think it was under Gopinath, Gopi, I did a reasonably good, uh, I put up a reasonably good show. And in that, uh, uh, I got a lot of publicity both in uh, India and in Pakistan, that a young kid uh, you know, uh, has done so well. I, was, I think I was about 17 years old at that time. And uh, then suddenly my uh, relatives in, pa- in Pakistan, my brother in particular, they took notice of that. And Ghulam Ahmed was my uncle. He was very against me going to Pakistan. But because uh, he was just a maternal uncle, whereas my, uh, you know, uh, my brother and others who were already in Pakistan, they had decided it wasn't my decision. They decided that it's time for me to move on. And so it wasn't a decision that was taken by me. So I migrated, ask, uh, replying to Rookie's question. That decision was made for me. Because, uh, you know, leaving your friends, your school friends, your college friends, I mean... Though, Did you have any regrets, Asif? None whatsoever. None whatsoever. That's, that's I, I, lovely. I, I that. Lovely to say. hear that. In, uh, Rookie, in fact, I think in life, I have no regrets whatsoever, whatever I have That's done. That's the way it should be. And because whatever has happened, has happened. You can't live with yeah, that. Yeah, it was India's loss was Pakistan's gain. Well, uh, that is very kind of you to say that. But I was fortunate. I would say I was I was very, very fortunate that I did uh, manage to get into the Pakistani uh, test team. I did. The, the, the day I arrived there, I remember taking a letter of introduction uh, from my uncle Ghulam Ahmed to Abdul. Yeah, you said Kaya. that, yeah. 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 Because Glabemad and Kardar were very good friends. So he just gave me an introductory letter to Kardar, which I don't remember that I, that I ever gave it to him. But I did go to uh, Pakistan and the rest is history. So Asif, uh, you talked there about your, your migration to Pakistan in 6061. Uh, of course, that, that was the time uh, another India-Pakistan series took place uh, in India, as it did in 54-55 uh, in Pakistan as well. Both of those series, 54-5 and 60-61, both were five test series, both drawn (laughs) nil-nil. It seems there was a lot of tension and there was a huge fear of losing. Yeah, neither team wanted to lose. Absolutely, yes. Well, uh, yes. Now, very important question this one is because that shows the mindset of not just the players but the people who are running cricket uh, in both the countries. Because all they wanted was the team to go to uh, India, Indian team coming to Pakistan or Pakistan team going to India, is to make sure that we have very good uh, sort of public image. No matter what happens, make sure that A, you don't lose the series, and B, you make sure that you have got a very good uh, 
public image in which you are being very friendly and all that. And the reason for that was, don't don't forget, you know, it was only 47, 48 that uh, India was partitioned and Pakistan had, was just, just baby. I mean, both the countries, although they had big histories, backgrounds, but they were both babies as long as countries being born. So India and Pakistan were in the process of just becoming uh, independent nations. So for them, sports was one thing in which they didn't want to lose against a country, both the countries I'm talking about now, against a country in which the uh, image would be, oh, we are better than you. Their whole aim used to be not to lose this, uh, not to lose a test match when they start a series and then go, going on to play a series in which we shouldn't lose a series. That, that was their first objective. And the, that mindset changed. Firstly, when I played under Mushtaq Mohammed, who played for Northampton uh, in uh, England. He was the captain who was prepared to lose a series, but he wanted to win a test match, no matter what happens. He didn't go into the test match. And we had such wonderful players during the period that I played for test, uh, uh, for Pakistan. But unfortunately, the captain's mindset and the uh, thinking behind that was to make sure that not to lose. So in particular, to your question, uh, India, Pakistan playing against each other, not losing a series. Not losing a series was as good as winning a series for them, especially when you are playing away. Well, what, what happened next was, um, you know, in the timeline, uh, the two wars happened between the countries in 65 and 71, and there was a 17-year gap between Pakistan and India playing uh, any test cricket, which sadly... Uh, you know, that coincided with my whole career. <laughs> exactly. I was just going to yeah. say, Farooq, like you missed out on playing again oh, yeah. Yeah, uh, against Pakistan. Is that sort of maybe, you know, you've got an incredibly decorated career, huge fan following. People love you everywhere you go. In Lancashire, you're basically, you know, they're naming roads after you. So, you know, is it one of the big regrets of your career not getting to play test cricket against Pakistan? Yeah, I would have loved to play against Pakistan because I love competition. I love healthy rivalry, you know, and... Uh, that's where you sort the men out from the boys. You know, when you do well against the odds, when the expectation's so high. And yeah, I would have loved to play against Pakistan. I did, I did enjoy playing, you know, the, the brief occasions that I did as a kid and I played for the World Eleven. I, got, I think I got 100 in, in Karachi playing for the World Eleven there. But I mean, it was, I would have loved that. Yes, indeed. But the present day scenario of having Imran Khan as the Prime Minister, I think is the best thing that's happened to Pakistan because he's really, you know, cricketers think alike. They have a sense of, you know, morality, the sense of decency. And I think a lot of, he's very popular in Pakistan, as I understand. And I really wish him all the best. And I wish under his regime or during his tenure, you know, there's more sensible, the governments come together my hope is India and Pakistan play test cricket once again. You know, there, there is no harm in that at all. I said that in an interview and I was shot down in flames by certain sectors. That's a, that's a real shame because as cricketers, we love to play the game. We love healthy rivalry and um, made, the, made both the countries flourish. Did you, were you, was part of you a little bit relieved, uh, Farooq, not playing in these games? Because as Asif talks about, you know, the incredible amounts of pressure, the pressure on umpires. I love playing under pressure. I loved, I thrived playing under pressure. You know, I was, I was asked to open the innings. I'd never opened the innings before. And I was asked to open against the mighty West Indies. Wes Hall, Charlie Griffith, 
Gary Sobers, Roy Gilchrist. And the, against the odds, I went out and got 100. You know, I got 94 for lunch the first morning of a test match. And I think that was pressure. It was put on me that if I had failed in that game, I would have probably never played test cricket again. But the next tour was England, and I was selected there. So, I mean, the rest is history. But as I'm trying to say, I thrived playing under pressure. And that makes you very competitive in life and perhaps more successful than others who are more complacent. So, I mean, whatever you do, you decide that you're going to give it the best and play against pressure. I enjoyed it. A great pleasure to have Farooq Engineer and Asif Iqbal on the show. Absolute legends for India and Pakistan, respectively. They'll be back with us next week as we look back at the historic 1978-79 series, the first time the sides played in 17 years, as well as the return in 79-80. Legends like Imran Khan, Kapil Dev, they started to make their mark ahead of a really exciting chapter in both countries in the 1980s. Well, thanks for listening. Remember to rate us and subscribe on the Wisden Cricket Weekly podcast feed. We'll be back next week, but before then, expect the usual weekly show with Yas Rana, Phil Walker and Joe Harmon dropping in the feed in two days' time. Podcast Network.